Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now we are a proud member of the 143 podcast network affiliated with age of radio How's it going, everybody? This is Joey Galvez, and you are listening to the House of Indie Podcast. This week, I have somebody special on the line. I have Russell Nolte. How's it going, man? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, man. So, you know, we t- I, I met I met we met online, and I was super interested because I came across your book, and I was really interested. Well, Ichabod Jones in particular. I know you have tons of ton, tons of work that you've got. You're a, you're an accomplished author as well, not only in comic books but uh, actual literature, real real literature, right? <laughs> I mean, I think it's all real literature, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I've, I've written 19 novels, of which I think something like 12 are out now and yeah. then uh all of my comic work i think that my novel work actually is starting to eclipse my uh my comic book work <laughs> because i can do that by myself although i will say that i'm in way more comics anthologies than i am novel anthologies oh wow that's that's really cool man uh what are some of those anthologies that you've been in all right so but besides cthulhu is hard to spell and monsters and other scary <laughs> shit which are my anthologies that i edit and contribute to uh-huh. i've been in uh two of my friend jack's why faith anthologies mm-hmm. i have been in uh a war anthology i have been in a uh, uh I'm, I'm i'm in i don't know if i can announce a couple of the ones that i'm in i don't know if they've been announced um but I've been in uh, several, uh, like there's a horror one coming up, uh, a couple fairy tale ones coming up. I try to stay to horror and um, yeah. and um, and uh, fantasy now, okay, uh, because that's the genres that I mostly focus on. Like fantasy with some horror elements in it, horror with some fantasy elements in it, yeah. And uh, see, so yeah, it's been it's so many that I. I, I can't name them. Uh, <laughs> like, like those are the only ones that are coming to my head, but I know there's a bunch of others. And you have to, it's a weird time in my career because I'm, I'm I transitioned a couple of years ago, maybe last year, to like kind of knowing where everybody mm-hmm. had found me. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, you found me on Kickstarter. Like I used to know like all of the yeah. Kickstarter people that I did, and like every I, I would know like every convention that someone would find me at. I would uh, I would know like how they found me. But now mm. it's come to a point where I, I kind of don't know. And someone's like, I know you from <laughs> somewhere. And I'm like, that's very possible. And like, where do we know each other? And I'm like, I literally don't know, man. Like, I don't know anymore. Plus I have the podcast yeah. and I have, uh, and I have the training Academy and the blog and all, of, there are mm. all of these kind of inlets that people can, uh, can find me at. And it's kind of, it's kind of an odd place. Cause I still remember mm. like, 
when I would remember, when I would know every single person who I had ever sold to and yeah. to be at a place now that I don't quite have that same one-on-one yeah. -on -one relationship with everyone, but people are finding me in their own ways is, uh, is both thrilling and very weird. <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up because I, um, I think before I actually reached out to you and talked to you a little bit, I think there was a moment where I was like, I, I, same kind of thing. I, I was like, I know this guy from somewhere. Where do I know him from? And I just couldn't, I still, even still to this day, I can't put my finger on it, but I think we've got some mutual friends uh, on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. But I was like, I know this guy. I've seen his face before. How do I know him? So it's, it's, it's definitely one of those things, man. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's an odd. It's just an odd thing, and you know, indie comics is so small. Mm -hmm. So, like, you almost are like two degrees of separation from like literally anybody in indie oh, yeah. comics. Like, yeah, it's it's that is one of those things that I did notice uh, from from uh, from the beginning of this time that I that I started this podcast about the indie books, and it is it's a small world, and you start to you start to see that you have mutual friends in common and you're just like uh that's really cool that i have friends in common with that person really interesting um so let, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh ichabod jones i know you got uh what, volume two coming out very soon right yeah so i'm incredibly excited and scared so i wrote the <laughs> first volume of ichabod jones uh which you can see behind me uh yeah. 10 years ago it's 2010 wow and uh, I assumed it was going to be a one and done. Actually, that was the book that I was willing to like basically just lose money on mm -hmm. to try and get a publisher and like break into comics. So I really thought I was going to make no money on Ichabod ever. And I was going to do this four issues and it was going to be like very, very weird. And uh, uh, maybe I should step back and say like, so uh, for those of you who don't know who Ichabod is, Ichabod is about a mental patient that escapes an asylum and becomes a monster hunter during the apocalypse. But it doesn't know if he's killing monsters, humans, or it's all in his head the, mm -hmm. uh, the whole time. So a lot of influence from like Giant of the Homicidal Maniac, mm -hmm. um, like Lenore, uh, Chris Grimley, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, and, and anime. It's like a lot of like very weird influences. And Renzo Podesta, who's who also helped uh, uh, Charles Soule launch his career and Jeremy Holt launch his career. Um, Charles now does tons of stuff for Marvel. And uh, Jeremy works with Inside Editions and a whole bunch of other awesome stuff. So uh, he he kind of brought this very cartoonish character mm. to life and like breathed life into him and yeah. like made him instead of this like crazy psychopathic killer, like this very cute, like misanthropic character. Mm -hmm. And I am shocked still to this day that like people are so... Uh, so moved by the book. Uh, and so then we finished production in 2012. It originally was Viper Comics. I, I got the rights back and I published myself. And it was the book that launched Wannabe Press. And pretty much since yeah. the first time someone bought it, people have been asking me for more. Like, where's more? Where's more? Where's more? And yeah. I have told them I'm, I really didn't think Ichabod had more. Like, mm -hmm. he, he, he like had his story. Um, but people still wanted like more of this character. And frankly, Ichabod is a very dark story. Like, yeah. It's so dark. It's, it's written from <laughs> like the, 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 the darkest place in my entire professional career. So I uh -huh. was, part of me was nervous about like how, 
I didn't want to go back there. Like I didn't want to like return to that mental state. Um, I, I, I worked a lot to get to a little more healthy place in my life than I was back then. And I didn't know how to go back to Ichabod, which was this very dark book and bring like the mental status that I had now without being corrupted by like how I used to write. And that mm-hmm. took, it literally took almost a decade to figure out how. Wow. Well, super interesting. And yeah, I, I, I completely see what you're saying. Cause when I was reading, I was like, wow, this is a dark, dark book here. And, and it does uh, remind me a lot of like the style types of like Johnny, the homicidal maniac and stuff. But um, uh, I wouldn't compare it. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that would compare it to that, but it is not something that I'll be like, oh, this is exact. I mean, it's it's a it's all on its own, and it's great in its own right. I believe, um, super super cool. I have a funny thing to talk to ask you though. Um, you mentioned uh, Cthulhu is hard to spell. Uh, not only is it hard to spell, it's hard to say too. And, and I don't know if you've ever kind of like looked up the w- many different ways that people would, would say it like and the, and the way that uh that it was intended to say have you ever done it done any of that yourself i mean yeah if you look at the cover of cthulhu is hard mm-hmm. to spell it's about a dozen the chalkboard has about a yeah. dozen spellings and pronunciations of love of, of of cthulhu yeah the interesting thing about lovecraft is that he never settled on a pronunciation or mm-hmm. a spelling of, of cthulhu during yeah. his life so it's almost like a jab all the way back to like the really is no way to spell cthulhu that's the right way yeah this is just the agreed upon spelling the most common spelling mm-hmm. but pretty much however you want to spell it or pronounce it is is, is going to be uh is, is going to be quote unquote right because lovecraft never said what was right or wrong yeah yeah i've, I've actually um for so, some reason i don't know why i went down this rabbit hole one day and i was like well i have to know how to pronounce Cthulhu and everybody says it Cthulhu and all that stuff. And like you said, there's no right way. And it was more like, like uh, the person who was explaining it, it was kind of more of like a guttural sound. And I was like, okay, I can, I can see that. But, but I think I agree with you more. There's really no, no perfect or, or right way to say it. So I thought it was really interesting when I, when I came across that book, I was like, dude, it's not only is it hard to spell, it's hard to say. It really is. Uh, I, the, so the, the second volume originally what was going to be called Cthulhu is hard to spell the second H is for horror. Uh, because <laughs> that's how you, that's like the easiest, the thing that most people miss is the second H in Cthulhu. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, that's how I always remember it is like Cthulhu. The second H is for horror. Because I think you can get the like yeah. that 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 like first sound the yeah. Cthulhu uh-huh. the, like it sounds kind of like a C and a T and an H. Mm-hmm. So most people don't miss the first H, and then mm-hmm. ooh, ooh, like you get the U and the L and then the U. So it's really that second H which I think screws people up. So that's just a, <laughs> yeah. that's just an easy way to remember that the second H is for horror because there is a second H. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's really cool. Um, so, uh, talk to us a little bit about more of, uh, so we talked about Ichabod Jones too. So when is that going to be coming out a little bit? Uh, uh, you, are you kickstarting that one as well? Yeah. So, uh, the, the production, the, 
publication story of Ichabod is long and fraught. We talked about uh, Viper a little bit, then I bring it to Kickstarter. And uh, so we started uh, uh, working on getting uh, Ichabod uh, 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 the big screen treatment or the small screen treatment or like bringing mm-hmm. it to TV and film. And the showrunner and I, uh, you know, in order before you bring a show into production, you need to have like five seasons. Like, what are you going to be for five seasons? And so mm-hmm. me and him started uh, talking about like what Ichabod would be in like the the show, which mm-hmm. has to go beyond the four issues. And we talked about this like big epic fantasy, like big dark fantasy epic adventure with like monsters and wizards and witches and and uh, and demons and all this like crazy stuff. And and it sort of like broke open this this track for me for how mm-hmm. we are going to um, how we were going to be able to make Ichabod like uh, uh, basically bring Ichabod back from the dead and breathe new life into it. So. 2019 so last year right around may i i gave my uh my artist the okay renzo he's been literally after me for about eight years since we finished the production to do more of ichabod like at least mm-hmm. once a year he'd be like hey is ichabod more ichabod coming and i was like no no it's not coming it's never coming and then like every <laughs> year i would soften a little bit yeah <laughs> and so i said okay so like we have to show this vast dark fantasy universe like Ichabod the first four issues are quite contained in um like they're quite contained horror like like there's there's monsters but there's not a lot of magic in Mm -hmm. in it even though I hint Mm -hmm. at magic that I don't like bring all of the magic pieces into it so it's like we've got to have at least something to show production companies about like what we're thinking Mm -hmm. and so I decided to produce issue five and while I was producing issue five I told my uh my my fans that uh, I had a, I had an ultimatum maybe for them. I, I said, if we can fund the reproduction of, 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 of uh, ish, volume one, which was out of print at the time, fund issue five, then I would promise them that I would bring back uh, um, uh, volume two and volume three to Kickstarter at least. And so okay. uh, last year, I ran a Kickstarter trying to raise mm-hmm. about $15,000 to do the fifth issue and the first volume reprint. And uh, we did that and went smashingly. Nice. Uh, we raised over $16,000 for that book. And, uh, and then, uh, and so uh, I started immediately working on volume two and the rest of volume two, which we finished in like maybe February of this year. Mm-hmm. And immediately started working on volume three. Unfortunately, I couldn't just like launch the Kickstarter for Ichabod 2 immediately because we had uh, the Cthulhu launch. The Cthulhu is hard to spell to launch. Um, then I had uh, a book launch in June. Mm-hmm. So we chose uh, September 1st as the date that we were going to come back to Kickstarter with the volume two. So, um, so yeah, it, and 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 we're super excited about it. We're doing the covers so that it will match kind of with the mm-hmm. the, the first volume cover. Yeah. And and uh, and then uh, yeah, we're trying to raise a little over seventeen thousand dollars for the print of volume two, uh, and then hopefully that will allow us to start production on volume four, which will be the last volume of Ichabod, at least in the apocalypse, I believe. 
Awesome. Awesome. That's great to hear. Uh, I, I really look forward to these books because I quite enjoyed uh, the first issue. And I told you, I only I only read the first issue because I, I like to get f- familiar with uh, with some of your work. But I want to save the rest so like I can read it like just for fun because I, sometimes I don't want it to be like a like a job, man. This is the one thing that I never wanted to be. I don't want my podcast to be uh, a job. I want it to stay fun and exciting. So I don't want to be like oh, I got to rush to to read this whole entire thing so I can have some stuff to talk about. Eh, whatever. I, I'll I'm I'm gonna read it just so I can have fun later. So I'm excited to read the entire volume because that first issue definitely made me want to read some more. It was, it was really good. So I'm really looking forward to finishing number uh, volume one and then jumping on to this Kickstarter when it comes out. Cause it's, it's, it's really good, man. And, and I can't, I can't wait. Well, that sounds cool. The right time. Yeah. You caught the book at the right time because a lot of these people have been waiting for literally a half a decade for the answers <laughs> to what I bring up in volume one. So um, people that come in come in now uh-huh. can like literally like get their get their questions yeah. answered uh, uh, like right away. But I really wanted the second volume to like answer all of the questions mm-hmm. that people have been asking for the past like eight years, pretty much. Awesome. That's really cool. So I want to, I want to move over to, you said you got a podcast and I've recently subscribed to your podcast because I, I I listened to an episode and I said, this is really, really interesting. And, and I'm a huge, I'm, I'm, dude, obviously I'm a big fan of podcasts, you know? And, uh, and it's very rarely that I can find a podcast and love it. I, I found myself really liking your show and now I'm subscribed. Tell, tell our listeners a little bit out there about your show and what it's about. Cause it's something that I would have never found myself liking cause it's, cause it's, it, it, it's geared towards something different than I actually usually really listen to. Sure. So uh, the show is called the complete creative. It's it. I, I interview business uh, creative business owners about how they built and sustained their creative business, which Sounds quite boring. Uh, I haven't found a way to like really spice up the 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 pitch to the show, <laughs> but it's basically me hanging out with with like creative people who've had success mm-hmm. on in some way and trying to figure out what makes them tick. So our newest episode uh, was with uh, Jennifer Ann Gordon, mm-hmm. and uh, she's an author and ballet and ballroom dancer and. You know, we started talking about like feminist literature in the 1800s and then moved into uh, talking about like how to build an audience from scratch and like how to survive during COVID. And mm-hmm. and it's just kind of a free ranging discussion. I have been obsessed with like how to actually grow a creative business since yeah. I started doing this. And, uh, you know, Wannabe Press is my fourth creative business and the previous three wow. blew up in my face. Like I've been pretty obsessed with this mm-hmm. idea of like how do you break in and then more mm-hmm. importantly recently how do you stay in like how do yeah. you stay motivated to do creative work and uh you know it's it, it's quite hard to like yeah. keep the motivation <laughs> i know when i talk about this a lot of people say well you know screw you buddy like you're a writer like this is your full-time job like i would kill <laughs> to be a writer but the the truth is that like every project is very draining mm-hmm. and every project has so many potential failure points. 
especially when you're like, like when you're launching and something new, it's one thing, but like, it's also really draining and in some ways even more draining to continue a series that has been running for a long time because like you could break the universe and mm-hmm. any, anything you do could break the universe. So I've been really interested in like how people have yeah. 40 plus year careers. You know, I had Marv Wolfman on last year. I've had Jim Zub on the show, uh, Sean Izoxi. I've had, um, I've had uh, psychologists and I've had Hugo winning authors and I've had uh, fine artists and filmmakers. And uh, I try to, I do focus a lot more on comics and books just because that's mm-hmm. my genre. That's my like format and my, yeah. my medium. And, and like, I know more people in there, but I try to just have a bunch of interesting guests on to, kind of talk about their career and talk about like what lights them up and, and not just how to make something great, but then how to sell that thing and how to keep yourself motivated to Mm -hmm. keep selling it, even when you've been doing it for like a year. Yeah. And, and I think that's why it kind of intrigued me because before I started doing all this stuff and, and uh, doing the, because in the line of work that I'm doing, is kind of along those same lines. And now I'm starting to find myself interested in how to grow my business, how to grow my podcast and things of that nature and how to help others grow. And how do people grow? How do other people tick? And how, cause everybody does things differently. So when I came across, uh, uh, that you and I found that you had a podcast, I was like, okay, I'm going to check this out. And then when I found what the premise was, I said, I'm on board because this is exactly where I'm at in my life. I need to figure out how to, how I can grow my business and how to grow as a person doing it. I I was like, I'm, I'm right there subscribed. It was exactly what, what I needed in that moment. So awesome. But I need to know uh, what, what, what makes you tick? How, how do you, uh, uh, how do you grasp on that, onto that creativity? Oh, well, this is a, this is a, this is an interesting question. And one I think about a lot. Um, so one thing that I will say is it's a lot harder to keep, it's a lot easier to keep a ball rolling than to get it rolling in the first place. So I am a big believer that, um, you know, little things done a lot, done, done over time, like every day, um, can lead up to huge things in the future. So I mm. don't think that I work as hard as some people. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do is uh, what usually happens though, is people have this cycle where like they'll work really hard and then they won't work very hard at all. Then they'll work very hard and then they don't work hard at all. Whereas I think I have just been very consistent in my career and I've been willing to do things that other people are not willing to do. Mm. Um, and what, and I try to stack things on top of each other as well. And the thing that I, that I think started this whole process was like back back in the day i wanted to have the comic book the four issues of ichabod and five issues of katrina hates the dead done and so Mm -hmm. they had been done since i don't know 2012 and i started doing other projects and then i got publishers for them and eventually pulled my rights back from those as well so when i launched my, my my first slate of books I was already like launching books that were done in 2013 and I had already, I was already working on new material. And Mm -hmm. so by the time I was launching stuff, I was already like four books ahead of like where, um, where I was in the writing process. Mm -hmm. And so 
I always was able to like, like use that momentum of the book launching to keep my, myself excited for the next launch and the Mm -hmm. next launch and the next launch. And I've, I've, I've always, the thing that I've always appreciated about the, 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 the wannabe uh, brand and, 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 and the books that we do is Mm -hmm. people are, have been very uh, uh, kind or very supportive in that they will kind of follow me to different places. Not all of them, but a lot of them will follow me between novels and books and sci-fi and fantasy. And so I was able to really play in those first years. And I did some mystery novels. I did some sci-fi. I did some dystopian. Um, I really focus now on, on fantasy Mm -hmm. uh, and like, and mythological fantasy uh, really is sort of like the the place that I, I I enjoy the most. And so that's sort of the thing that I focus that and fairy tales and, and, and a little bit of horror. Um, And, and, I think that what just pulls me along and what allows that creative well to fill up is, is that like, A, people are buying the books and that's always good. That always helps you like stay motivated. Um, but uh, I also, and then people are very supportive and getting back to me and like, when's the next book coming? When's the next book mm-hmm. coming? When's the next book coming in? And, and, and like really being excited about the work. Um, but my work is quite weird and I've never had to compromise it. And so it always has allowed me to keep being interested in it. I think part of the thing that people burn out on is that like they've had to compromise their work to a mm-hmm. level that they don't love yeah. it still. And I've always, my work has always been about moving kind of incrementally closer to the mainstream so that yeah. like I can pull mainstream people to me and without like losing any of the people that I already have. Okay. Uh, but it's never been so much so that I have had to like dislike the thing that I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I'm always very able to say, this are the things that I'm interested in. This is what I'm grokking right now. Like what thing can I make in, with all of these intersectional elements that, that my fans will like, and new fans will like as well. Yeah. So yeah. that allows me to make uh, Cthulhu is Hard to Spell, our anthology series, Ichabod Jones, uh, our God's Verse Chronicle series, uh, our upcoming series that that I've been working on for a couple of years. And kind of bop between those things and still like enjoy all of it. And then mm-hmm. to be able to, when maybe my well is run dry on those, to be able to go over to the podcast and say, well, like, let's now go and, talk to uh a bunch of art a bunch of writers about this problem Mm -hmm. and the great thing about the show is like if i'm having a problem i can just go and like ask somebody and it ends up being like therapy because i'm bringing on somebody who ends up being someone who who's an expert on the problem that i personally am Mm -hmm. having and because it's really like about my curiosity and exploration of that the the podcast can can move and flow in a lot of different ways and i mean i hope that fans of the podcast stay with me when i'm like move between this that and the other thing but (laughs) i think it's sort of balancing those two moments of creativity and 
business and being able to fl- to like mm-hmm. juggle between them that keeps sort of the creative fire going for me. Yeah, and th- and I think that's what I was, my next question was going to be. How do you how do you find or what would your advice be for somebody who like you you mentioned having a lull in, in creativity or or how would you kind of keep that and I and you kind of did answer it a little bit you, to keep yourself busy. Do you think that would be the advice that you would give somebody so that they wouldn't have those such a long lull to keep yourself busy, do something different, uh, switch it up a little bit. Yeah. So I had, I had, I had a question that I was going to ask that I hoped was going to drive me forward for the next hundred episodes of my show, which was sort of like, how do you maintain a career for the next, for like 50 years or five Mm -hmm. years or 10 years or for the long haul. And uh, I was I was kind of disappointed because after 10 episodes of getting the literal almost word for word same answer, <laughs> I had to stop asking it because yeah. it was it was clear that like I had I asked a lot of people across a lot of different top uh, uh, and they all had the same answer. And their answer was um, basically the thing that kept them sane and able to do it was their ability to burn it all down and start again and to move okay. and, to, and, to, and to come back mm. and to find their passion. You know, I think of Marv Wolfman who wrote comics and then wrote tie-in novels and then would mm-hmm. write, uh, would, would write epic, uh, wrote Epic Mickey and, and wrote a whole bunch of different stuff, wrote movies. And he told me that like the thing that kept him going was when he would burn out on one creative thing, pursuit he would just move to another kind of writing and i think that comic writers especially although this is also very common in, in novelists it's less common in movie and tv writers uh, uh for some reason i'm not sure but like they people like to, to to say i write comics and like i write books i write movies or yeah. like what i i write a column and uh i think that is so limiting it's so limiting because like as a writer, you can write everything. You can write anything. You can write a comic script one day. You can write a movie the next day. You can write a nonfiction book the next day after that. Like you can Mm -hmm. move between all of these things. And, um, and, and that's, that's the thing that I think has really helped my career along is that like comics take a long time to make. So while I'm making comics, I was also like writing novels. I was writing like, I, I was doing my podcast and I was doing all of these things that still kept me creatively fulfilled. Yeah. Even when one creative outlet might not be, um, might, might not be uh, 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 a well of creative fulfillment. Cause look, I mean, I've had comics burn up in my face and I've had, I've had delays happen. And like, mm-hmm. look, when one comic book like burns, burn, like, 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 is going to have a six month delay. I really just don't want to write any comic books at all. Yeah. Like I just want to like, I don't want to do, keep writing that because I'm mm-hmm. so disappointed. What I can do is say, Oh, well, like I'm going to go write a novel or like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go and like really focus on my podcast or I'm going to do some other thing. And it seems like the successful creative people that I've interviewed and that I know are very good at having multiple pursuits that they're going mm-hmm. after and being able to move between those what while they're log jammed at one place they're able to just either move to a different project or move to a different medium or move to a different format and then like they're log jammed here and by the time they're log jammed at this other pursuit this other log jam will have cleared up or mm-hmm. just the project will have vanished the other thing that i will say is 
Um, people like to work really hard for short bursts of time. I'm like, I'm going to finish this and I'm going to get a two month vacation or whatever mm, that thing yeah. is. And the other thing I always recommend to people is you're what you do today is predictive of what happens eight weeks from now. So this goes back to my sale that sales days. You would never close a deal the day you, you made the call. You would always close it between six and eight weeks later if it was going to close. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what would happen would, would be people would have a really good month and then they would take their foot off the gas mm-hmm. and then they would do nothing. And then two months later, they would have a nothing month and then they would work really hard and they would they would make they would have a good month two months later and then they would drop off again. And I found that like if I just could work at instead of them working 20 and then 80, if I could just work at like 55 and keep running down the road, keep driving mm-hmm. down the road. Then like I would just have so much more money than they would because I would never have that dip. I'm not saying I never had like a bad month or a good month, but I just I was much steadier. And what would happen would be when I had a good month. Now I was like already making X amount of money instead of having to have this, the X amount of money pay back the previous two months. It was just all gravy because I had like a minimum that I was making because I was doing the work all of the time. So I think that it's important to no matter how little the work is that you're doing to just do it. And then uh, if it's five minutes, if it's 10 minutes, I find that if you just do five minutes now, like by the time you're in a month, you'll be able to do an hour or two. And and then you build a habit. And once you have the habit of just writing every day or doing a podcast every day or whatever that thing is, it like integrates into your life. I think, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I was not always a very healthy person. I would never like work out at all. And I'm not saying I work out a lot, but I do at least two miles of a walk every day. Mm -hmm. Like I get up and I do a two mile walk with my dog every single day. And when I don't do that, I get like itchy (laughs) and like, I get like the compulsion to do it. And it's the same way with writing. Like Mm -hmm. if I don't write for a day or two, like I have a compulsion to like go back, get back in there and like, and like, and like Mm -hmm. get get back on the horse. And once you have mm-hmm. that kind of habit and that compulsion built, like it almost does the work for you of yeah. like reminding you to do it. And I, I think that's exactly right. You know, the more and more you do something, the more and more you tend to want to do it more. And, uh, the, and, and, and yeah, everybody has those moments where you're like, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Or I'm just, I just, I, I feel like being lazy today or, or for a few months, I, I just wanted to just be and do nothing. Um, but then that's when we get a little, um, you know, used to that. And even in that moment, if you're getting used to not doing anything, then that's just what you're going to do. I, I think it's absolutely yeah. true, man. You just, you stay on the horse or if you get off the horse, get right back on there and, 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 you know, get, get at it again. So I, I, I completely well, I mean, so agree. So what I always say also, what I also say is like, okay, so I might want to take three months off, but like, do I want to have a three month? Do, do I want in six months to have nothing to release? And, do I want right. in nine months exactly. to have nothing to release? Yeah. Like, like, you know, I, I don't, I don't want that. And I don't want to have to work all night. I don't want to have yeah. to pull all nighters. I don't want to have to do all this stuff to like recover. So I'd rather just be nice to future Russell right now and <laughs> like do the work today. Yeah. And yeah. then, um, and, but I do have gaps. Like as we're recording this, you know, I just finished a book two weeks uh, last Friday Yeah, and I don't wow. have another book scheduled to start until, uh, the, the third, 
Mm-hmm. So I do kind of have this time yeah. that I that I can play that I've built into mm-hmm. the schedule. Now, if I didn't finish the book until like next week, I would still have to do it and I wouldn't get mm-hmm. as much play time. But I try yeah. to give myself like a buffer of play time. Yeah. That I can that if I finish early, then I can just kind of dick around. Or if I feel <laughs> like starting this novel next week, I can do that. Yeah. Because like I I'm already getting kind of antsy to do the work mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely healthy to take a little bit of time off, but not enough time to, like you said, if I'm, if I release something and then I take a f- four month break, then, then you're going to be spending another four to five, six, seven months trying to create something. And then now by, by the time you are going to release that thing, that it's been a year since anybody's heard from you and you're they're like, well, Hey, Where's he at? What's he doing? Where, where's what, what, I, I'm, I'm itching to get something from him now. So I completely understand that. I think that it doesn't work like that. I think people just forget that you exist. Like if, you, <laughs> if you're gone for, and yeah. I mean, I've seen this yeah. with people where like they'll be away from the con scene or they'll be away mm-hmm. from, from Kickstarter yeah. or they have, well, haven't launched stuff for, and I'll have, Oh, we'll take podcasts. Like I have a list of podcasts that I listen to. Yeah. And if a podcast doesn't update for several weeks, like I have now another podcast that goes in there. And then when that exactly. podcast releases, I'm yeah. like, do I really want to add this back to my schedule? Do I really want mm-hmm. like have time to do this one? And oftentimes I unsubscribe from that podcast because yeah. it's now gone out of my life. Yeah, unfortunately, that is abs. I think it's I think it's more true for podcasts because people are just they they have that routine and when they listen to it, they listen to that that show and it is it's hard to to bring that back on. Recently, I had a podcast who because of COVID COVID nineteen they uh, they had to stop because of the things that they were doing. It depended on the distribution of like diamond books. So it was really hard for them, obviously, to do that. So they could, they had to, they were forced to stop. So, and then when they came back, I didn't jump back on until maybe two or three episodes that they came back. And I was like, oh, I didn't notice that they were back. So now I got to go backtrack. And luckily, I really love the podcast. So I was able to go backtrack and listen to that. And now I'm caught up again. But not a lot of people would do that, even with shows that they really love. And I think that pertains to everything, books, shows, movies, everything. You know, you there's there's how many actors that we've seen uh, four years ago that we don't see them doing anything now. Right. So it's it's absolutely true for a ton of stuff. People do forget about you and i completely agree yeah and i mean it's that's it's also like it's your you know this isn't a right like we don't have the (laughs) right to attention like we don't have the right to like to like tell people to like listen to our stuff like it's a privilege that like people are listening to us it's a privilege that people read ichabod i get to email them my fans once a week i get to do the podcast i get to like write the blog like i get to do Mm -hmm. these things for them um, and, and if it doesn't work, like that's on me, if like I go away and then I have to literally rebuild from scratch, like that's yeah. not a them problem. That's a, that's a me problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, I actually did this cause the first 150 or so episodes of, 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 uh, the complete creative came out like in 2017. And then two years later, I brought the complete creative back mm-hmm. and it was, uh, it was quite the um, it was it was quite like over half the audience had left like they just mm-hmm. were gone and like they yeah. uh, and and then uh, and and so 
that was because I had not, I'd gotten out of the habit of releasing stuff. And then you also have this idea that like, okay, so like you already left once, right? Like Mm -hmm. what's the odds you're going to leave again? Like, why should I be committed if you're just not going to be there? Yeah. But the, uh, the other side of this is um, if you make great work and you just show up like, and for long enough, people take notice, like, yeah. especially if you've built a, a good network. Like, mm-hmm. I'm surprised at how often I get a message or an email from someone being like, just the fact that you're out there is inspirational. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not trying to be inspirational. <laughs> I'm trying to freaking eat. I'm trying to pay my mortgage. And like, I'm trying to like, like do the things I have to to survive. But yeah. like, whatever, if you like want to say that's inspirational, wonderful. That's great. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I I think that like once you've burned the bridge, it's hard. Mm-hmm. To, I mean, it's it's hard to to build back trust with anyone, mm-hmm. and so uh, it's 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 just once you have it, you have to be precious with it, and yeah. you have to like definitely you have to yeah. be like, uh, and you have to understand that like what the trust that they've given you, that your audience has given you, is a gift, mm-hmm. and if you're gonna go away for three months, six months, eight months, nine months, like you have to put that in as a factor and like, Hey, yeah. sometimes you've got to go away. Like I've got friends that like have mm-hmm. had mental health, mental breakdowns and they just like had to leave. And they're like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, like I have to like go, I have to just like not be here. And often they don't even say they're leaving. They just like go. Yeah. And, um, and, and sometimes they come back and that's nice. And sometimes they stay away and that's less nice, but we have to understand that like, to make the creative work like, and, and to have someone res- resonate with it and then to just go away is like very hard. It's very mm-hmm. hard. And also if you just do uh, like, like, like uh, jog for like jog every day, instead of sprinting mm-hmm. for a month, you're going to not have uh, you're not going to have all of the issues that you have when you're sprinting and then you burn out. Like, Part of that yeah. is because you're burning out because you're, you're, you're like, you're, you're burning through all of the mm-hmm. creative energy very fast. Yeah. Yeah. I have to agree with that. So, uh, I, I wanted to, I, I, we could sit here and talk all day long, man, because I am super interested in a lot that you have to say, uh, but we only have a short, short amount of time, but I will, I want everybody to know where they can find your work, find your podcast, uh, Tell everybody a little, just a tiny, a tiny little bit. I mean, we didn't get get into it because I wanted to talk, ask you um, uh, to go into what wannabe was, uh, but let everybody know where they can find you, what the, what yeah, you do, what where they can find you, where your podcast is at, all that good stuff, social media and everything. Sure. So the easiest thing to do is just go to russellnolte.com and uh, then jo- if you join our mailing list, you get uh, several free books. Uh, you also can go to Kickstarter and search for me on uh, my Kickstarter profile, Russell Nolte, and then get notified on Kickstarter when Ichabod Jones uh, 2 launches. I don't know when this is going to launch, uh, but uh, if it launches in, in uh, September, then you can just go to uh, Kickstarter and search for Ichabod Jones Monster Hunter Volume 2 and then pledge to that. Um, on all of our Kickstarters, we always have a place where you can uh, read the first issue for free. Um, cool. So. Uh, that is the that's a great way to just like while the Kickstarter is live to check it out. Um, uh, you can also, I think, 
find it on Webtoon. I think we did the first issue or two on Webtoon as well. Uh, but yeah, RussellNolte.com is the easiest place to find me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, but I really only use Facebook for the <laughs> most part. Uh, my podcast is The Complete Creative. Not only my podcast, but over 400 blog posts and uh, and uh, free courses and paid courses are over at TheCompleteCreative.com. Awesome, awesome. I, uh, I definitely appreciate you coming on and hanging out with me for a little bit and and guys i gotta tell you the the podcast is amazing he's got some great stuff over there i was looking through your website and uh i might even head over to the complete creative and take a couple of courses myself man because there's some really good stuff up there and it's 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 super super intriguing well yeah you know it's 10 years of my of, of like building a creative career so like I, I try to, it's the, it ends up being the repository for all of the mm. information that I have gathered over the past decade. And, uh, and, and, and I, I put almost everything up there for free, both the blog posts, the Epic blog posts, the regular blog posts, most of the courses are free. And, uh, and then uh, the podcast is free too. So there's a whole lot of knowledge if people want to take it. And I hope they do because you know, my, my, my mission is to help creatives build better businesses and uh, so that, that they stop being screwed by publishers and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and other people. So, and they can sustain themselves. So, uh, yeah, uh, I hope, hopefully it's very helpful to people. Yeah, definitely. I find that it is. Hey, Russell, thanks again for hanging out with me, man. This was really fun. We can talk all dang day, dude, because it's, it's super easy to talk to you. So head on over to uh, these awesome websites. Check out Ichabod Jones. And I got to tell you guys, you got to read that first issue. It's just going to make you want to read some more. So head on over there. Check it out. Look out for his uh, Kickstarter coming soon. We'll see you guys later. Thank you for listening to The House of Indie. My name is Joey Galvez. I will see you later. Can you say the house of Indy? At the house of Indy.